Welcome to the Colonial Hills Podcast, a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church. We will be in Matthew chapter 8 today. The story that's recorded for us in verses 14 through 17 is also recorded in Mark 1 and Luke 4. In chapters 5 through 7 of Matthew, Jesus demonstrates that he is the Messiah in word through his teaching. The Sermon on the Mount is recorded in those chapters. He is now demonstrating his power as the Messiah by his works. He performs many miracles. He's confirming his words and his message by performing miracles. As we read in Matthew chapter 8, I'm going to combine some of the details from Luke into Matthew so that we have a fuller picture of what Peter is witnessing. Matthew 8 verse 14. And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever, and he touched her hand. Luke says he rebuked the fever, and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered unto them. When the even was come, when the sun set on the Sabbath day, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick. Luke 4.41 adds, And devils also came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he, rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. Verse 17 of Matthew continues, That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Esaias, the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. I am not a guy who's super into cars. I'm one of those guys that calls a mechanic to tell him that something is wrong with my car, and they assume that I know what I'm talking about. I don't. I, I'm like, it sounds like this. And they laugh at me. Some really enjoy restoring classic cars. If you were to look at some before and after photos of restored cars, you would notice some things that they have in common. They were a mess, and now they aren't. Whoa. Thanks, Sherlock. But let's take it even a step further. They were made to be one thing, they got messed up, and then they were restored to what they were made to be. I would like to meditate on the truth that Jesus has the power to restore. As I was reading through this chapter, I realized that it was a meteor storm of miracles. I mean, they're coming at you left and right. In these chapters, I read that Jesus cleanses a leper. I read about the faith of a centurion. Jesus heals his servant from a painful sickness without even going there. Jesus heals many. Jesus calms a storm. Jesus heals two men with demons. And then in Matthew 9, Jesus heals a paralytic. Jesus is obviously displaying his power and authority over sickness and the supernatural realm in this chapter. It caused those that watched him to ask the question, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? If I was watching a man perform these unbelievable acts one after the other, I think that I would be in awe. Who is this? Demons obey him. The wind and the seas obey him. Sicknesses and illnesses obey him. What manner of man is this? Jesus has the power to restore. Some who witnessed Jesus' ministry were disappointed that he did not throw off earthly oppressors. What he did was much bigger than that. And what he accomplishes in us is much bigger than throwing off our earthly discomforts. They are a result of, of sin. Jesus does not just deal with the results of our sin. He completely deals with and defeats our sin as a whole. He displayed his power, yes. But what we see here is a taste of God's kingdom with Jesus as king. The kingdom that is coming. The kingdom that we are told to pray for in Matthew chapter 6. First of all, we see that Jesus has the power to restore the physical damage 
caused by the fall. Just in Matthew chapters 8 and 9, we see Jesus exhibiting his power over leprosy, sickness, weather, and demons. He displayed power over the physical damage of the fall while on the earth. What manner of man is, is this? He's a man and God. He's showing compassion in his healing. He's displaying power. He is giving evidence of who he truly is. He is proving that he is king. He rules over all things. When Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law and then healed all that were sick, Matthew saw this as a fulfillment of the prophecy that was made of the Messiah in Isaiah 53 verse 4. Jesus took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Matthew tied the fulfillment of this prophecy to the literal physical healing that Jesus performed. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, Becoming man, he reckoned man's infirmities to be his infirmities. He looked on men's ills as if they were his own and did not delay a moment to remove them. He bore our physical burdens. He cares. Our God is compassionate. The compassion of Christ ought to draw my heart and your heart to our loving Savior. The compassion of Christ ought to draw my heart to my loving Savior. I should not quickly forget that even though Jesus was equal with God, he humbled himself and came to earth and took upon him the form of a servant. He shared our griefs with us. He showed compassion on fallen man by restoring the physical damage caused by sin. Jesus' heart was moved into action when he saw his creation suffering. Maybe you were feeling the physical effects of the curse of sin. Maybe you're watching a loved one dealing with the physical pain that stems from the results of the curse as a whole. You long for relief. Take heart. Relief is coming. We can become discouraged because of the physical pain that we face or have faced. And it is truly difficult. And we might find ourselves asking the question, does God truly care? The answer is yes. Jesus cared. He showed immense compassion on many people. Jesus has the power to restore. He displayed it while he was on the earth. He is the promised Messiah. He's the promised deliverer from physical hurts. So here is a promise where we can take refuge. He promises to powerfully wipe away the physical damage of the fall in the future. Revelation 21, 1-4, some of my favorite verses in the Bible. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. This is the eternal state for believers that Jesus is bringing. The earth that he reigns over as king. God is coming to dwell with man. There will be no more pain. There will be no more watching those you love in pain. Jesus has the power to restore what we have broken because of our sin. Do you doubt God's goodness because of physical pain? Do you doubt God's goodness because of illness? Do you doubt God's goodness because of fill in the blank? Remember the power of the king. 
As man, he proved he has the power. He promises to return and exercise that power in its fullness. He is not a king that only deals with the surface issues. He is the king who deals with the root itself, sin. He shall wipe away all tears. So you may be asking, what is Jesus waiting for? Why is he not wiping away all tears and illnesses right now? Why is he not returning to judge sin now? I am hurting right now. People I love are hurting right now. 2 Peter 3 gives us the answer. 2 Peter 3.8 says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. God views time very differently than we do. But listen to verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The short answer to our question, God is being long-suffering. He desires that all should come to repentance. He wants to save as many as possible. We ought to be thankful that God is waiting because Jesus' power is not limited to restoring the physical damage caused by the fall, but he also has the power to restore the spiritual damage caused by the fall. If you would, turn with me to Isaiah 53. Matthew says Jesus' miracles of physical healing were a fulfillment of the prophecy found in Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Jesus fulfilled that prophecy while living on the earth. He bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Isaiah the prophet takes it a step further in verse 5. The Messiah, Jesus, did not only carry the burden of our earthly griefs and sorrows, but he also was our substitute. He was our atonement. He restored our relationship with God that is broken because of sin. Jesus has the power to restore. That word atonement can be remembered by at one The word itself presupposes that there was separation before. Our sin separates us from God, but Jesus can make us at one with him. Jesus is the only way that relationship can be restored. Isaiah 53, 5, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus paid for the spiritual damage of our sin at Calvary. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our crimes, our sin, our law-breaking. Our sin breaks God's law and must be punished because God in his perfection is perfectly just. Jesus, who is God, loves us so much that he willingly took that punishment in our place. In order for our relationship with God to be restored, our sin had to be paid for. In his book, Written in Blood, Robert Coleman tells a story of a little boy whose sister needed a blood transfusion. The doctor explained that she had the same disease the boy had recovered from two years earlier. Her only chance for recovery was a transfusion from someone who'd previously conquered the disease. Since the two children had the same rare blood type, the boy was the ideal donor. Would you give your blood to Mary? The doctor asked. Johnny hesitated. His lower lip started to tremble. Then he smiled and said, sure, for my sister. Later, Johnny watched the blood flow through the tube and his voice, slightly shaky, broke the silence. Doctor, 
When do I die? He thought giving his blood to his sister meant giving up his life. Johnny, fortunately, didn't have to die to save his sister. Each of us, however, has a condition more serious than Mary's, and it required Jesus to give not just his blood, but his life. Jesus paid for our sin in order to heal us of our sin. He healed the spiritual damage of our sin with his wounds. Jesus heals heals physically, but he also heals spiritually. Our souls will live forever, and we may physically die, but our souls will never die. They need to be restored, and God has done that through his Son. When we're in the midst of physical pain, we can think of nothing else except getting rid of that pain. God offers us immediate relief for the spiritual damage caused by our sin. This ought to cause us to bow down before the Lord and thank him. My response to his restoration ought to be service. By healing Peter's mother-in-law that day, he gave Peter a glimpse of the power that he has to spiritually heal us. He has the power to heal the effects of sin and sin itself. If you're going through physical pain today, remember that God is not obligated to heal all of our physical illness, but he promises to spiritually heal all that call unto the name of the Lord for forgiveness. Some people are really into restoring old beat-up cars to their former glory. Jesus has the power to restore people to look like himself. God can make us look like Jesus Christ. He has the power to restore us physically. He displayed it while he was here on the earth, and he promises to remove all pain. Physical pain is only a symptom and a result of the bigger problem. We need to be restored spiritually. God has done that by sending Jesus Christ as the atonement for our sin. Jesus is king, and I will joyfully follow him. He restoreth my soul. This podcast has been a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church, a church home for all people. If what you've heard has been an encouragement to you, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to connect with Colonial or find more resources, you can find us online at colonialindy.org. You can also check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope to see you next time on the Colonial Hills Podcast.